0: Good evening, NC Raw Allies. We are back for another episode. This week we feature the amazing Casey Fox. What an inspirational story! Um, she went, she goes in, in depth about what it was like to um, kind of forfeit custody of her of her son, and then the process that she um, experienced to to get him back and and retain custody of him and what life is like today. She's an amazing chick. Uh, I really enjoyed talking with her. I think she has a lot of insight into what many, many folks deal with um, in active addiction, right? Being a parent and dealing with that and balancing that. So give it up for the amazing Casey Fox. (laughs)
1: i <laughs>
2: individual, living a miracle, staying indivisible, connected to God and my physical, essence of my spiritual presence is visible, totally leaving you unaware of my mental subliminal, used to be a criminal, living so minimal, with things have changed in my life, is going through different intervals, finding that balance is significantly difficult, timing is everything, so my timing is critical, rhyming is literal, be unforgettable, it's why you stand before you impeccably be so presentable, I give respect to you, know that I am respectable, I've always wanted acceptance, is that acceptance I give the rival expected to be exceptional, and I'm a grown man, handle business like a professional. I give me credible, legal conventional, and you stopping me from chasing my dreams is a
0: The opinions expressed in this podcast are the views of the NCR team and the individuals interviewed. We do not consider ourselves to be mental health professionals. Our mission is to explore the various pathways to recovery and to give a voice to those affected by or involved in the care of substance use disorders. Some content may be mature for younger audiences. Viewer discretion is advised. Casey Fox.
3: Hey, what's going on?
0: Welcome to NC Raw.
3: Thank you for having me. What's
4: up? What's up? Been a while.
5: Yeah, been a minute.
0: Mhm. We also have Kaylin Ledford back at the table. Mhm.
5: <laughs> What's up, guys? For Glad the, to be here.
0: For the how manyth time now? <laughs> I don't. Too many. <laughs> <laughs>
4: just kidding, baby. No.
0: You know I'm gonna keep. You know I'm gonna keep bringing up the fact that the first day I met her, right? Remember the first day I met her at the bowling alley? I'm going to bring it up every time, every time you come to this show. I'm going to bring this up just in case we got some new folks tuning in.
4: Uh, You haven't told it in a while anyway. I haven't told
0: it in a while. I had had made the connection with Caleb. We agreed to do a podcast. Caleb calls me up and invites me to the bowling alley because he was bowling with his recovery crew from Cherokee right mm-hmm. i come in there all fired up mm-hmm. talking about hey this podcast we're gonna do this podcast we're gonna do and Caleb, and caleb's all excited when we're talking smashing about it. people in yeah. bowling <laughs> yes killing bowling right killing bowling yes. i was and i'm Anyways. like and i'm like caitlin caitlin <laughs> are you, you want to be on the show with us we're looking for like maybe a, a third co-host you want to be on the show And she's like who is this crazy white boy <laughs> all fired up in my face uh-huh. <laughs>
5: huh yeah, I did. I was like, who in the world is this? And then it was just, I just hadn't come out of my shell yet at all.
0: That's where I'm going with and it. And
5: I was focused, I was zeroed in on some bowling. I was like, this it guy didn't I'm help you, know. G-
0: <laughs> It goes to show the level of growth that you've come in that seven, Comfort eight zones. months.
4: Get out of them.
0: And now you're now every time I talk to Caleb, he's like, "Caitlin going to be on? Got a mic for Caitlin?
5: Got a mic for Caitlin?" <laughs> See, I'm always
4: going to bat for her. She don't think I do.
5: I do. I know he does. He, do. he does. I love being on the show. You guys. better know. I'm all about some NC raw for sure. Casey Fox, what have you been up to? How you? What have you been do, doing with your time?
3: Um, hanging out with my son. Yeah, and you know, hunting, fishing.
0: Tell us about that. You said you did a hunting trip this weekend. I
3: did have a hunting trip, and it was wonderful. Um, I didn't get to kill anything, but you What know, kind of hunting was you doing? Wild hog. Okay. Yeah. Where at? Winsboro.
4: Where's that?
3: Um, near Columbia. Okay. Yeah, in the vicinity. So, I was uh, went down there and kind of just hung out, put some corn in the feeders, you know, stuff like that. I think
0: just being it out there.
3: Yeah. it was about. wonderful.
4: Is this something that you've just recently taken up, or you've been doing it for a while? Mm,
3: about the past two years. Okay. So, what say. kind
4: of you got any big game kills? Talk about. about big a game kills. <laughs> 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 you go straight for the big ones, huh? Say, <laughs> I know a little bit about it. I
3: got. Let's start. Let's start with the little kills, because because I got some pretty impressive stuff okay. on there. Okay. like? My first kill was two hogs, one shot. What? My second kill was two hogs, one shot what
4: that's nothing little about that how big well, they was a 60 80
3: pounds okay so all right they were pretty what good. was you using seven millimeter oh
4: oh love it her
3: name her name's lovey yeah yeah that's her name
4: that's a that's so. a gun right there mm-hmm. now. yeah
3: that's a good gun <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> um then i got a hog that was uh Black and white look like a dairy cow. It's about 250, 270. Wow, nice. Yeah, she's going on the wall. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Just up. waiting. I love it. <laughs> I love it. But that, that's, uh, we yeah, got about nine this year, I guess. Okay. So,
4: uh, well, congratulations.
0: Thanks. It's amazing. We appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, yeah. Look forward to getting to know what life and recovery looks like through your eyes.
5: Right. Yeah, it's, uh, is your son into hunting?
3: He he puts his little boots on and carries his rifle around the house. <laughs> he's tracking <laughs> hogs, so <laughs> he'll he'll come through the house with his little rifle and he's like, Mom, did you see that hog run through the house? It's like, Yeah, I did. He's like, I'ma go get it. <laughs> so he's he's got a little twenty two. He's finally started shooting.
4: He's How old is he?
3: He's four and a half. Yeah.
4: So good way to starting. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, he, he likes it He likes it a lot
0: Caleb McCoy, what's going on in your life, man?
4: <laughs> okay Alright <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go there So I, I, What better time than now? Yeah, I mm-hmm. had a, a Situation arise today I thought that <clears throat> Everything was going to go smoothly But that's just not how life is, right? Sometimes And so I was down at court and I was wondering why it was taking so long. My attorney, he, he didn't, well, he didn't get there until like two, but I figured I'd be in and out after that. But it was taking him a long time in the back. A couple of hours, when he comes out, and I was watching him and the assistant DA go back and forth. Long story short, he come back and told me that they, uh, we're, we're trying to get a felony conviction, dropped down to a misdemeanor conviction here in Jackson County so yeah. I can run for counsel. Right. So now here in Swain County, where I was at today, they're trying to convict me of another felony. This is you know old uh, meth charge from last year, and so he explained to him you know the things that I had going on in the community and, and going above and beyond and trying to give back and you know make the world a better place. You know, basically like, don't care. We want he we, he needs to plead out to this. This is the only deal he's getting. Yeah, which I had you know, but before the first felony. And I'm not sitting here saying, by no means, like, oh, I, we should get I should get special treatment for the things. I, I'll take it on chin. I'm a man. I, yeah. I can do that. But at the same time, like, what kind of by doing that, you know, you are creating more of a problem. Especially mm-hmm. you know when people see somebody that's doing all these right things, and if they did show leniency, that that's going to inspire them to to make sure that they're they're trying to, you know, yeah do all the right things so they can they can have somebody go to back for them so yeah they're trying to convict me in that felony so i got that going on the thing that i've learned about the criminal justice system just my
0: opinion is that just because they're not offering you a plea deal doesn't mean that when you if you do move forward and take it to trial that you'll get you will be convicted of that trial they really like you know again my opinion they really try to coerce you and talk you oh they got to me dead rights yeah they got you dead
4: rights? Okay. <laughs> that, that, yeah, I retract my it. previous statement <laughs> <laughs> well, about this situation yeah yeah but you know it's I want to be gonna be mad gonna be my feelings about it for a minute I'm obviously I'm not mad now mm-hmm. I'm just going to keep doing the next right thing and whatever happens it's not going to deter me from moving forward and keep making the impact that I'm making so yeah it's not gonna influence yeah. what you got going on. Right. Hope still hope. Yeah. If anything
5: right. it should push you harder, you know, to, it does. Um, it fuels
4: my fire, man. It's you know, that's how it's how I respond. You know, I'm I'm committed to this. If I'm committed to, to, you know, the things that we got going on. And not just to to be half cocked in anything that I do. If I'm if I'm in something I want to be the best at, it, you know? Yeah. Be the best at it. So absolutely, yeah, it ain't gonna stop me. Kaylin Leffer, what's
5: going on with you? <laughs> Um, <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't see that one coming. <laughs> no, you took me by surprise, Rob. Um, it's like
4: a no-look pirate.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I play ball,
0: man. I play some
5: ball. Oh, I've actually hopefully uh, be getting my first real job. You know, but the things that I've been doing has been the um, a recovery program. It's you know. And it's really really helped me uh oh i got a lot going on i started my classes for school that's where i was going with <laughs> sorry i forgot about that that's what that. i was looking well, for the job is huge too because <laughs> really? i haven't worked in a long time and i and before you know before i really um started using heavily i i did work i worked for the tribe for two years i mean i worked at granny's kitchen for six years and so and then i just when i started going to jail and stuff i just stopped working and you know started selling drugs and so now that i'm actually it'll be an official job like i pretty much got it i just uh they said they're gonna call me about my to come in and do a drug test and then uh the background check so (laughs) but they they know already about my felony so yeah it should be fine but yeah i started my classes um just a few hours but I'm getting my foot in the door up here at SCC so I'm excited about that It's going yeah, good. Boy. What's
0: up, man? so like the reason why I ask you that is because I'm doing my internship here at SCC doing the collegiate recovery thing and like Lori Clancy the advisor charge of the program who most of you guys know um, it's just an amazing woman and she's just like has kinda we're it's kinda like grassroots effort, like the collegiate recovery stuff's fairly new and she's really given me the the freedom to kinda create my own objectives and kinda identify opportunities and work on my own stuff and in in the process learning process of like what you went through and kinda getting back and some other people who were close to me that came back this, this semester, one of the Um, one of my focuses is to work with folks in recovery who not people not I mean we're doing stuff on campus but really work with folks who have established some long-term recovery and who have the slightest interest in returning to school and might not know where to start or might not know how to initiate that process Mm -hmm. right like you know it's like
5: Got to jump through some hoops, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know for me, I was very – I've had every excuse in the book to kind of, you know, for me to be able to put it off and put it off. And then if it wasn't for Lori, I I probably wouldn't have actually followed through with it. But uh, she's great. She really encouraged me to – at least get my foot in the door. Yeah,
0: just just take that action and start moving forward with it. It is. Like. It's
5: scary. I mean, for me, it was anyways. I was, you know, top of my class, and then whenever I stopped uh, going to school and did the things that I did, I was like, I can't go back. You know, I I probably fried my brain, and <laughs> so I just had to do it. Just get over that fear.
0: The thing about it is, is that we've like acquired so many life skills. Mm-hmm. That like when you do get back into the classroom it's it's easy man it's easy I remember like experiencing those same fears like when I made the decision to come back and I was like I was 32 years old man walked into this classroom first day like oh man I don't know how I'm gonna do this like I didn't even I made it through high school I don't even know how right like I don't I do not know how I don't you know they want me to write a paper how what do i write what am i going to write about you know and i just walked in here and that first semester dude it was like a piece of cake i was like this cuz i have i had worked for so many years i had been in the job force and i had acquired like life skills and like mm-hmm. some discipline mm-hmm. right some work ethic things that like i didn't have when i was 18 years old right. and <laughs> thinking about getting back into school so like it really that transition was smooth mm-hmm life threw me some curveballs in the last couple years and we're still dealing with those but you know here we are hopefully graduating
1: mm,
0: graduating that's great. next semester not this semester next semester but so I want to I want to anybody that has a little bit of interest that has an idea that has a thought about getting back into school um, feel free to reach out through the podcast. I see your eyes kind of lighting up a little bit. I actually just
3: started back this semester too. At HCC. Um, so I'm doing online. Also, yeah.
0: What I'm the only one this one is your I first start back, then, I'm This <laughs> is your first semester back? Mm-hmm. You're
3: going to Tell start. us about that mm-hmm. process. Um well, I'm only doing part-time and online, Okay you know, because I was I was going to go full-time and just, you know, no online, just go do the whole thing, you know, and I was like mm, maybe I'll just maybe I'll wait a semester, you know. Mm-hmm. So I went up there and I talked to the my advisor and I was like, you know, I think I'm just going to wait till next semester. She's like, why? I was like, I-, I feel a little bit of anxiety right now. I don't really want to go back yet. And, and then I started coming up with all these justifications
5: of why.
0: Is that not what you just told me?
5: Absolutely. So God, that's not exactly how I felt. I felt mm-hmm. like if I was going to go back, I was going to have to do full force, do everything right. all at once. But yes. then I didn't realize. And... I had some uh the fast foot and higher ed right. kind of things stop and put well, a barrier. I'm not right. gonna say it stopped me, but mm-hmm. it almost did.
6: But yeah. uh, In your head, you make the hurdle this high. Yeah. yeah. And, and you jump
5: this high, yeah. and the reality, hurdles only that yeah. High. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, we <laughs> see <laughs> these barriers. You're looking at it from the wrong angle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. you see these barriers, mm-hmm. and then you just wanna, I mean, just completely turn away from it. Mm-hmm. But then, um, then Lori was like, you know, cause I was gonna have to pay out of pocket so right. she's like why not just do one or well she's had one class which turned right. into two but that's okay yeah. mm-hmm. you know i'm getting some out, some some credit hours are better than none S- start you know baby steps we, we crawl before we walk and we walk before with. we
3: run so
4: you feeling left out man little <laughs> 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 right now i'm good though i'm, I'm getting. i'm getting. i'm there. you're to start, seminary, yeah,
5: getting start right?
4: seminary yes sir yeah getting to learn how to put some sermons together do some youth pastoring Love nice. it, man. Love it. That's
3: yep. awesome. Mm-hmm.
4: All right, before we get down to
0: business, I want to share a couple community events, invite everybody out
4: to join us. The first is this Friday. Mm. Let me get a plug in here. Go ahead, man. Um, Tuesday, tomorrow, we're cleaning out the Rest Hope Recovery House. It's going to be the first community cleanup day. We got about what, probably 20 or 30 people coming out. It looks like. Yeah, looks like.
5: Gonna and be we're just close.
4: going to start exploring some landscaping options, uh, some demos. going to be from 5 to 7. You can hit us up on Facebook, me or Caitlin. Yeah. And we'll give you the details and give you the address.
0: Tomorrow from 5 to 7? Tomorrow yep. from 5. So there's to seven. no class tomorrow. They're
4: just doing a cleanup. Yep. Yep. Yeah. We're so you're going to you ser- be there? Service work. Yeah. I will
0: not be there because I'm going to go over to Full Circles Recovery. Okay. And kind of hmm. let you slide this time. Observe. <laughs> I'm going to be observing the needle exchange that they got going on tomorrow night. And then I'm going to follow that up tomorrow night in Bryson. Uh, Renew Bryson is hosting a oh, public, public mm. education program tomorrow night, Tuesday, August 28th. But it starts at 7 p.m. I'll be there. Yeah. So you go come out to Res Hope do a little house cleanup, and then shoot over to the Bryson City United Methodist Church on Main Street, 7 o'clock. They're just doing a community educational program about the opioid crisis and about how it it can affect both yourself, your family, and how it's affecting our community. So um, if you're in the area, if you can
4: see me. I mean, there's plenty of Come stuff for people to get involved in. So, you know, don't sit back and be like, what What do we need to do or what can we do? I mean, just show up to some of these. Come on. Mm-hmm. We're,
0: we are personally inviting you guys out, <laughs> right? Uh, Friday night, International Overdose Awareness Day. Full Circles Recovery over in Franklin. They're hosting the fifth annual Night of Hope, and that's going to be at 365 Almond Drive in Franklin. It's an opportunity to come out as a community and celebrate the lives of those in recovery and pray for those who are struggling, along with remembering loved ones who we have lost from addiction and overdose. Um, While supplies last, they got free barbecue. Yes, Caleb, I said, while supplies last, (laughs) they have free barbecue. (laughs) It's not Arkansas,
4: but. <laughs> Along with some
0: free t shirts and, you know, community resources Might be later. I don't know. They're doing Narcan <laughs> training. They're going to be just dis- distributing Narcan. It's just going to be a fun event. Yeah. Like you just said,
4: you know, um, opportunities to opportunities get involved. Opportunities to mm-hmm.
0: get involved. The same evening in Asheville, they're mm-hmm. also having an overdose awareness <coughs> event. And that's from 5 to 8 p.m. at Pack Square in asheville same thing they got speakers from the buncombe county health department is that the, the vigil yeah i think so it is there's also one in um haywood county but i haven't been able to find i don't know the details on it hendersonville so all over and if you're oh, big
5: stuff going on
0: if you're in western north carolina friday night there's a lot of stuff going yeah. on and that's the kickoff party man you know it's the kickoff party too
4: no what's it
0: casey knows Friday, August 31st, is the kickoff party to
1: <laughs> Recovery nice
0: Month. Yes. Yeah, baby. Right. That's it. Yes.
3: So, like, let's get <laughs> that's the party started. <laughs> <laughs> She's <laughs> yes, on that's it. it.
0: She's on it. So, yeah, plenty of opportunities to engage um, both with the community and with all of us. Mm-hmm. So come on out and join us to any of these events. I also have uh, a recovery anniversary to celebrate tonight. Caitlin. Caitlin Ledford.
5: Really? <laughs> oh,
0: Kelly. Kelly, who?
5: I don't. I can't say her last name. Nice. Kelly Nicewanger
0: <laughs> is celebrating seven years on Thursday night. Wow. So yes. Tons of love for love Kelly. you,
5: Kelly. You're amazing. She,
0: she chimed in on one of the Facebook posts. So I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. it's that. nice. Beautiful work. We're super proud of you y'all wanna get an on air shout out, find our Facebook post, drop your date, drop your name, and we'll give you some love on air. So awesome job, Kelly. Congrats,
6: Congrats.
0: Did they?
5: Yeah, I don't know. Some guy. <laughs> Caleb, yeah, <that's laughs> yeah. he, uh, come
0: on, baby, come on. He's checking his checking his wallet. So
4: tomorrow will be seventeen months. Yeah. but this past Friday was a year out of jail. Yes, sir. That's yeah, a year out of yes, jail. Yes, sir. Wait, is it 18 months tomorrow?
5: No, 17 months.
4: Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> Friday this past Friday I was a year out of jail, so I'm I'm really proud of. You know how far I've I've been able to come, and it's you know it was a lot of hard work, and it it, 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 it wasn't a lot of hard work. You know, whenever you're inspired by something, it kind of just draws you to mm-hmm. it. You don't have to really work hard a lot. Just maintain, just kind of maintain of it flows. focus. It flows, yeah. man. It flows. But that's huge. Yeah, that
5: dedication. is a, a milestone because you're, when you went from can't even stay out of jail for three weeks, you know, to being able to stay out of jail for 12 months. Now, not just out <laughs> of jail, but
0: also maintain long term recovery okay. throughout that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm proud of you, bro. Yeah, that
5: is wonderful. And that, that brought
0: us together, that brought the show together. You're, you're bringing your community together. By doing all the things you're doing, by being the face, and by putting yourself out there, making yourself vulnerable, right? Used I'm to, a, I'm to a chew your used horn, to man. I'm going to chew your horn. Used to
5: to pick up your drags. Now you went to McDonald's to plan your <laughs> recovery podcast. Yes, ma'am. Subway. Subway. I McDonald's. No, I went to McDonald's for free
0: to say there, Subway. Subway. That's my spot right there now. <laughs> Caleb, dude. What's up, man? What, what you been reading? What's on your mind?
4: What, what I've been, you been what reading Oh, been a little bit of t- Goggins Yeah, David let's talk Goggins. about that a little bit Alright, let's talk, man What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about that Well, you kind of know what I've been reading I do Je- what's, his, what's his name? Jesse Itzler Jesse Itzler Yeah Wrote a book Called Living with a Seal Living with a Seal <laughs> He moved the world's toughest man into his house with him And trained with him for 30 days mm-hmm. David Goggins, who's done some of the toughest foot races in the world he was the he was the world record holder for most pull-ups in 24-hour period he's really inspired me um you know honestly like the running part of it I knew I was good at it and then he kind of inspired me to see the stuff that he's done so that's why I, I really I went hard at it so you enjoy the book yeah it's amazing. Who thinks of that
6: stuff? Twenty-four hours of
4: pull-ups. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll tell. I'll, I'll, for twenty-four hours. Yeah. When, when, we,
5: when we, first started hanging out, and really, whenever I first started going around, Caleb, that's that's what we listened to on the radio. Was his was Goggins. Goggins.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Goggins. Well, it's funny because me and Caleb met like a week ago, and um, the author Jesse Itzler i he was put on my radar because he wrote this 30 days with a seal a couple years ago yeah 2015 and he just released a book that was titled 30 days with the monks and he went and lived with the monks for 30 days they're russian monks up in pennsylvania they're dog trainers Hmm. and so he was he's just doing these things and he's just a normal dude like us like he's into sports he's not like the type of person that would be hanging out with this like super athlete. I mean he's just a dude like me, you know, like and uh, (laughs) I'm I'm just a dude. Just a dude. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it was just it was like it it was it was on my radar. And so like for somehow the topic came up and I was like, Oh yeah, I know that dude Yeah, we were
4: sitting there talking about like goggins he's like it. J.C. Itzler yeah. yeah I was like Oh dude yeah So that's <laughs> on
0: my On my list of things To read Is, is that I yeah. know it's
4: just You know it's amazing um, Whenever you really Take your recovery Seriously As far as like Balance goes You know you stay balanced In, in your physical part Your diet Your spiritual You know aspect And everything And, and for me Just Plugging that You know Addictive mentality into, into like running You know Or whatever that may be It might be school It might be whatever, you know, might be your job, you know, and you wanna be, you wanna make manager, you know what I mean? You, you've got already got the tools, you've already got the mindset, mm-hmm. you just need to plug it into something positive.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into Casey's story, I wanted to ask you guys um, something that's kind of been on my mind a little bit that I've been kind of processing through. Last week, WLOS, the local ABC News affiliate, here in the Western North Carolina area. They covered a story um, about an organization called Greenworks. Who they're like an environmental um, community-based organization who has begun installing um, needle drop-off containers along the French mm-hmm. Broad River. And they're doing that to um, you know, prevent. Pollution, prevent mm-hmm. people from leaving needles around and prevent these needles from entering the local waterways where people like Casey mm-hmm. Fox take her son fishing all the time. And right. Make, um, some of that. So I wanted to ask you guys what you thought about that, because in reading the story, um, it really like really got my brain spinning. But I wanted to know what y'all's opinions
4: are first. I want to. I what was the what was the pros and cons? Like, what kind of feedback was it getting? I mean, I don't have any
0: cons. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let me be clear. Um, um, and so, like, I, I only see benefits. You know, I'm mm-hmm. a I'm a huge supporter of uh, harm reduction. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, saves a lot of lives. Of uh, a lot of people I know personally um, have been saved through harm reduction models and tactics. And I think it's an amazing opportunity to plant seeds. Right. And to show that compassionate care, regardless of where that person is in their story. I feel
5: like, you know, times have changed. And with those changes, that's going to bring on those types, you know, things like that. Outside the box. Right. And, I mean, because you think about, like, the war on drugs, whatever, the big crack epidemic, whatever they had back in those days, back whenever that first came on the rise they had different tactics that they used so i mean this is a new time a new age mm-hmm. and i feel like th- that's what's needed is harm reduction things like that and like,
4: every everyone like the crack crack epidemic uh, every time we've had something come up we think we can arrest our way out of it mm-hmm. you know and the first war on drugs was declared in 1914 and here we are still trying to arrest our way out of it uh, you know it's time to do something different you know and it, it, we wait on leadership and wait on the government to do it it's not going to happen it, yeah. it's got to come from us
0: yeah i would agree um really like it's a tough crowd man like i read the story a week ago when it published and yesterday just for like pure interest mm-hmm maybe a slight, a tad bit of entertainment. I was like, let me go to the Facebook post. (laughs) Let me just see what these people are, what our community has to say about these things, this this particular story. There was 350 comments on the post. So I started, like, spending some time looking at them. And I don't want to go into detail as far as what was said, but it's like mass hysteria is going on on this like one post of people just,
4: Oh, they's probably to kill somebody. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And like, it got, it really got my brain thinking and I, you know, this, this could happen with any news story, right? This mm-hmm. is just one in our backyard. Right. Um, and really like what all, I'm, all three of you guys are peer support specialists, right? So you be, you guys have been through the training, right? And you know what what it's about. It's about changing our language, right? And changing right. how we tell our story and changing our approach to to the problem. And like, what I took away from it is that I think that we need to take those same tactics and apply it to the way that we communicate as a society, right? Like, everybody's got an opinion, and everybody's wrong. And as of late... Wait, are they, though? Yeah, there? you're wrong. I, Mom, right, you're wrong, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Regardless, okay. like... I see what yeah, you're saying now. Like, <laughs> And, like, we really have to learn how to communicate with each other in a healthier way, right? So you guys know how to speak this recovery-based language, correct? Mm-hmm. Everybody at this table? Everybody in this room? I believe so. Yes. But who do we run with? Who are you kicking it with all the time? People in recovery. People in recovery, right? Mm. I mean, you guys do get involved in the church and stuff like that. Oh well, no, like no, not that. We we, we, kick we it take it, with it to the it.
5: community. I yeah, feel we like. take it to the
0: community. Yeah, I just think that like being like human beings, we're like bred to like learn, right? Like we're constantly learning. We're always mm. learning and this like form of like
4: technology i don't know some people man <laughs> yeah. they're not teachable <laughs> yes, you're right you're right you're right <laughs> i mean i ain't saying there's no hope for them but there. i've ran into some people that's just they do not want to learn nothing new yeah i you know mean right. they know what no, they know and you ain't telling them nothing and different. that's
0: that's the opportunity <laughs> that's like the opportunity you know that's <laughs> the opportunity <laughs> to right. to, right. to yes. like let go of these fixed views right um if, I, if you have an alternate opinion about something, right, the old Steve, even in early recovery, the old Steve would argue with you, right? Go back and forth and try to convince you why I'm right and you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Even in, a, like, a delicate way, I still would engage in that type of communication. Right, yeah. But the new Steve, I want to, I want to listen, right? I'm interested in how do you, how does the world look through Kayla McCoy's eyes? Why do you see things this way? And I'm going to, I want to give you a microphone to tell me why. And then that might help me understand how to communicate better with you, right? And how we can come to a common ground. I want to know why, why you see things the way that you do. Okay. Why do you have a
4: different opinion than I do? So, I, with that being said, some of the comments that you read, what's the common ground between, you you know, your views on harm reduction and the things that there they were saying? I mean, it was,
0: you know, a lot the, – the vast majority of the comments were like, they don't care about themselves, they don't care about their families, so why would they care about putting it into that box? That was the consensus of of what,
4: hmm. what was going we on. We have um, – the drop boxes on some of our gyms and unfortunately they have they, they're still finding right beside the drop boxes like feet away from the drop boxes on the the playground or mm-hmm. needles and spoons still yet but we don't do it i mean obviously not everybody's going to do it but if mm-hmm. we can start getting more and more people to catch on and to, yeah. to yeah. be cognizant of the things that they're doing and like hey you know There's a Dropbox right there. Well, I'm going to go over there and use that. And so that's why we do it. You know what I mean? It's not like to get everybody because, I mean, we know that's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. I think that, like, we tend to look at things on, like, a Steve's scope, you know? So, like, in the grand scheme of life, you know, in the hundreds of thousands of years that humans have been walking this earth, like, it's a process. It takes... It's going to take decades upon decades to learn these things, right? Like, I mean, to learn bro, I, what did it, it took us 200 years to figure out that it wasn't cool to buy and sell human beings, right? <laughs> <laughs> slavery, 250, 200 plus years, and then, you know, to even say that we've even like fixed that problem <laughs> at this point mm-hmm. with, yeah. is a stretch well, with like civil that. rights, like with analogy. civil rights and mass incarceration. Like, we haven't fixed that problem, right? So, like, how do we, l- I'm trying to look at it from a more like objective, like broader scope. Like, we wanna fix the problem right now. And is that realistic to think about? No, when you look at it, when you look at what I just described when regards to like slavery and racism and things like that. How are we gonna change that in, a, in our lifetime? I'm, I'm asking for ideas, right?
4: <laughs> <laughs> hey, we figure this out, we'll how? keep it to ourselves and swallow <laughs> we'll it up and sell it. Like how, how,
0: how is that even possible to change an entire culture in that way? How is it possible to change the way that just we it? Just lay the so groundwork, man, and, and just keep the teaching. Only one in the room, I can tell you things have changed
6: an awful lot. They have. Since
0: I was a kid. They totally have. On
6: all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But did you mean, talk about needle reduction 20, 30 years ago in a river? No. Never. never.
0: And now we're having that conversation.
6: Yeah. And the thing is, is, the river's more and more I know the guys from Greenworks. It's a great organization. Mm-hmm. I've been for a couple of times. Um, the, they're finding needles in there by the thousands. I mean, they're, they're all they're mm-hmm. big globs of stuff that gets caught behind the bridges. You look in there, and it's just like, oh my God, it's a
0: yeah. pharmacy. In there, Building so.
6: up. Yeah. And people are swimming in there with their kids and tubing and stuff.
0: All summer long, mm. right? Think about it.
3: It gives me cold chills just yeah. to think about. Yeah. If somebody That's else
6: not using the needle, see the needle laying there. What do you do? You
0: how do you? How do you? Yeah. Yeah. What action if, if do you, you take?
6: A box right there. I might pick it up and put it in the box. Yeah. So it doesn't get in the river and go somewhere mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people may do that, but if there's no place to
0: it's going to stay
5: right i mean at least the initiative is there and it's set in place Mm -hmm. at least the community is taking action that way and i mean we can't force people to use it you know just like you can't force people to use clean needles Mm -hmm. but the thing is is it's there for the opportunity right and even if two people use it that's two less needles that would have been just Mm -hmm. thrown out the window i talked
4: to a a head start teacher before I come up here today and she said this past Friday they left at like five o'clock they had forgot something at the daycare they had to come back it was 5 30 so 45 minutes later they come back 6 15 broad daylight there's three used needles in the middle of the parking lot somebody they don't know if somebody pulled up there yeah. done a shot whatever there's three used needles in the parking lot and the spoon right in front of the daycare Wow and you know just right Literally, like, not even a hundred yards across the road is one of the drop boxes. So we're, you know, I don't, I don't know. We still got a long ways to go. You know, we can't get discouraged. We just got to keep, you know, pressing forward.
6: And, and realize that people that are doing that are just not right in the head. hmm mm-hmm. You're not going to think about it. the users themselves are not going to do it, but it gives a, an average citizen, somebody in recovery, or somebody that's never even been in recovery or anything, an opportunity to get rid of those things cleanly
0: or some of those organizations to go out there and do a do a Mm -hmm. cleanup day and have a a group of people be of service and come out and help out
5: right and And that's what what i was just i was just thinking about that doing some outreach and we're actually we've had an idea spring up that we're wanting to see if we can get it going it's like at the fair because sometimes you know Uh, There's a lot of people that go to the fair, and so and sometimes you run into old old friends or whatever. Oh, they're going to be everywhere. Mm -hmm. So we want, as RES hope, we want to be there with tables and information to hand out to people. Hopefully, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure we could probably talk to harm reduction about doing some work with them. But you know, and because it's like you said, who are we hanging out with? Who are the people? I mean, unless we're actually going out there. And taking, you know, taking it to them and you know I mean, I mean it's just
4: like for us in our spiritual walk, we're not doing any good, if we're staying in the church walls. You know, we'd be right. we'd we be out there, mm-hmm. you know, with the lost and broken and everything. Same thing recovery. You need to be talking and mingling with mm-hmm. the ones you know, not all the recovery advocates hanging out at one spot. You all need to be out. Yeah. You in know, the people Yeah, that's it. Well, like you learn in the training is that
0: mm-hmm. the most powerful voice is that of the ally, right? Mm-hmm. As you hear that over and over and over again in training. And mm-hmm. so how do we become a voice or create that connection to the allies who might not raise their hand unless called upon, you know? Right, mm-hmm. not, might not raise their hand unless I say, my name's Steve Steen, I'm a person in long-term recovery. This is where I come from. This is what I'm doing now. This is, th- these are my solutions to the problem, right? Mm-hmm. Stuff that's on my mind, man. We gotta learn how to communicate better. I hope that this raw podcast is just a start to healthier means of communication and dude let me tell you man I ain't perfect bro like I I this is something that I have recently learned in the last couple years I have not always been the healthiest communicator there's probably a line full of people out there that will tell you that (laughs) so
5: don't feel bad, me either. Rob. <laughs>
0: I'm just saying, man. Like now, I got this thing, and I just want to like give it away. Like it's, it's ah, it's great. Like come on, just, <laughs> it's great, man. I think it starts with communication. It really does. Yes. I think that across the board, the social media, all those things. Like somebody's wrong and somebody's right. Where's the middle way? Right. There is a middle way. You see things the way you see things for a reason, and I wanna, I wanna know what it looks like
6: we call it the refuge the middle path the
0: middle path man yeah absolutely absolutely like there does, there doesn't have to be two sides arguing back and forth mm-hmm. not coming to a resolution right there is a common ground
4: so i i had, i just want to share you know i had i got a phone a few minutes ago with the captain of the Cherokee PD and was trying to get her to write right later to the to the DA about this felony conviction and everything and She's like You know I I don't know about that first she was You know She was kind of On the fence about it She's like I don't really know About all that You know Um, I I believe in people Being accountable For the things That they've done I was like Well see I'm not asking For you to write This letter And say Don't charge him I I just You know I want a Misdemeanor conviction Instead of a felony Mm -hmm. conviction Mm -hmm. And She wasn't there yet You know what Mm -hmm. I mean So I I just got And I want to keep Inviting her to stuff And that's all I can do you know we don't we don't we don't need to get her get all emotional and be like well i'm not talking to her no more you know it's that's just an opportunity like you said okay. to keep an spreading opportunity that
0: message. to communicate right mm-hmm. and still do the things that you're doing not because you're trying to look good in front of a d.a and a, and a sheriff but be try, mm-hmm. because you're a leader in your community mm-hmm. and the rest will come to you bro you know what i'm mm-hmm. saying come and on rob the rest Preach. will come to you <laughs> i'm just telling you man you know my brother's a preacher right I I don't know. I don't know. The last time I was, yeah, I got a mic right there, man. Let's.
4: Uh, let's, let's I've invited her to a few things. I want to keep inviting her. Maybe she'll get there. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, law enforcement—they get spit on, cussed out, you know, everything all the time. So we got to give them a little extra love and forgiveness and grace and mercy. They deserve it. They're the ones (laughs) that deserve it, man. For real. I got.
0: I, I was at work yesterday, and. A local representative, she, an elderly local representative, she works for the city council, mm-hmm. um, was in my store talking to me, and she was like, I recently went through some a police academy training. This woman's like 65, 70 years old, man, right? She's like, I just wanted to know what it was like. So I, w- I did a, a police academy training. She's like, you will not believe the types of phone calls. I did two ride-alongs over the weekend and then a few nights throughout the week. She's like, you will not believe the types of phone calls and types of things that they have to deal with on a daily basis, every single shift, right? Every single shift. I mean, I kind of know because I was on the other end of those <laughs> lines for so <laughs> many years. But, like, you know, it's just uh, just think about, like, the impact that those guy, those – Folks lives Because of the havoc And the mayhem That's taking place Like you're right Like they deserve the love bro
4: We know an officer uh, In Cherokee He was an army ranger And he was sharing With us the other day About how he's He put in for a transfer He's tired of being on patrol My last overdose Of February last year He had to kick the door in And he found me In a closet naked And I was I was I was outside my head. You know, my nieces and nephews had seen me. But long story short, he's like, I'm tired of seeing that. You know, he's seen a lot of stuff, you know, when he was in the military and everything. And he still says that was a lot worse. I don't know. It was a, little hard, a lot harder on him. But he said uh, he can't. He can't, He don't want to see it no more in, in, yeah. in our community and stuff.
0: Well, you think about, like, those who are um, in this field doing mental health services, right? Like, I'm sure Casey can relate with some of the stuff that that you've seen right. in your job. Is just... the toll that it takes on on those folks, especially those who have come from, have experienced it and are in recovery. Right. has to be
3: Yeah, the some of the the stories, you know that people tell you and then and then they they would, like when I worked at Balsam, you know, people would come in and then they'd tell you their story whenever you're doing an intake and and then they would leave after that, so, you know, you hope that they just Stick with it, and you pray for them, and you know, just give words of encouragement and everything. And then, yeah. you know, they might come back, and they might come back again. But then, but then every once in a while, you just, you know, it just works. And yeah. but all you can do is just keep trying, right?
0: That's all you can do. That that's that is why I decided to do this podcast because I didn't see myself being able to accept that, mm-hmm. accept that uncertainty except that what some people might perceive as like failure right like you didn't you did all that you could and it wasn't enough i do interviews at my at my job we hire sales associates they have like a scripted list of questions that corporate says we're air quotes supposed to Mm -hmm. ask and i ask my own questions and one of those, <laughs> I'm going to say that right now. You rebel. Yeah. <laughs> you I, rebel. I was telling y'all that before the show started, that I like to push the, push the limits. One of those questions that I ask is, um, <laughs> let's say that you did everything that you could, everything you could to make a customer happy, and it just wasn't good enough. They were still mad. You did every single thing that you could possibly do to make them happy and they still left disappointed how did it make you feel what did you do how did you respond people don't know how to answer that question (laughs) they have no idea how to answer that question but that's exactly what these mental health professionals are faced with on a somewhat regular basis you know i feel like i'm babbling so casey fox
1: hey
0: (laughs) i was just trying to like buy you some time to like ease the Ease oh. into the moment, you know?
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely easing towards <laughs> <laughs>
0: I could tell. You're smiling, that's that's a start, hey, right?
3: You gotta smile.
0: Yeah. So tell us about where you are from, how did you end up at this table? Hmm. Talking to us about recovery.
3: Well, I am, uh, I'm from Claude, and uh, I started I started out, got my whole, you know, got the whole recovery thing going on, and mm-hmm. then um, when I worked at Balsam, Dustin yeah. Roach, was former a, guest, yes,
0: also a uh, contributor to some of this equipment, helped us out, got us a heck of a deal on the on these microphones right here, so tons oh, of tons thanks. of love to <laughs> Dustin, saved us some serious dollars.
3: <laughs> he um he reached out to me one day at work, and he said, "So doing this podcast." out at Western, um, would you want to do it? And I was like, hmm, yeah, yeah, I, w- I would love to do it, you know. And and then I, you reached out to me, and, uh, and I've been looking forward to
4: it. Awesome. Did you have any kind of reservations about doing it?
3: Mm, I get a little nervous with the whole public speaking thing and all that, you know. But, but if you don't, you know, work towards it, then... Yeah, If you don't step outside your comfort zone, then you're never going to achieve your goals. Come on. That's what recovery is about, right?
0: Talk a little bit about what your goals are. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know I was going to go there first.
3: I, I didn't. I really didn't. Um, my goals as far as... just goal. Life. My life goals. What's it. the
4: one-year goal? What's the one-year goals?
3: One-year goal. Um, I I would like to... Know what I want to do as far as like I started school back like I said, but I don't know what I want to major in. So,
0: so you're just taking some general ed classes now? Yes, prereqs to get your feet wet. Yes, ease so. into the process. Mm-hmm.
3: So I'd like to uh, I'd like to figure that out. And uh, gosh, I'm not sure I've got a lot of goals. <laughs> um,
4: come on now.
3: I'd like to get more, you know, more involved with the community as far as the, as recovery, I've I've not been as involved as I'd like to be, but I'd like to step into that. And, you know, I'm, I'm planning on speaking at the recovery rally in, uh, at right Lake June Alaska. yes. Uh-huh. So last year I did that, and I, I didn't know that I was gonna be doing that. I thought I was just gonna go. And um, my boss at the time, Tabitha Bradford said, yeah, you can you can go for like an hour, so I go, and then I find out that I'm gonna be speaking.
2: <laughs>
0: so you showed up as a in attendance right. to observe and take part in the festivities. Yes. And somebody hands you a microphone.
3: Richie Tanner Hill. <laughs> 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 yeah, uh-huh. and um, and Tabitha were like, hey, here you go was that yeah. your first
0: public speaking uh experience it, it how was. many people was there there's a few hundred. Oh, well, there? there's a ton of people dude oh, there
3: was a lot there yeah. was a lot wow. of people there
5: that's yeah. awesome cause I, w- I was so nervous to be <laughs> just thrown into the, in I there i know yeah, right that, that, that i was scared been. to death and my that's boy caleb so cool.
0: always talks about like stepping outside your comfort zone uh, yeah. and doing things that's,
3: that's like that's, way outside uh-huh. your comfort <laughs> zone there was nothing comfortable about it really so
0: describe what that that kind of resistance might have felt like, and then how did you feel after you were done?
3: Well, I felt... I felt completely out of place um, in in going up in front of all the people. Uh And then I was trying to figure out within a very short amount of time, you know, kind of pretty much on the spot, what am I going to talk about? What am I going to say? What if I don't talk loud enough? So... I just kind of went up there, and Tabitha went with me, and uh, I just started talking, and then then all these words just came out and went together, and <laughs> it it worked out. It worked out pretty good. Afterwards, I was I felt a lot better. You know. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got
0: it's my job to ask the difficult questions. synopsis,
4: right? like what, do you, what? <laughs> Yeah.
3: Well, I I just kind of talked about how it was great for people to, because uh, we were talking about, you know, how I worked at the Balsam Center and how long I'd been in recovery and everything. And then I just kind of talked about how people come in and they're really, you know, they're really conservative and, and isolate and everything because that's, I detox at the Balsam Center, you know, and that's what made me want to work there. So I know how I felt when I got there. After that, I was just like, People just kind of open up and they blossom like flowers. Yeah. Which you was got to
0: experience cool. that firsthand. Yes. So, for people who are not aware, the Balsam Center is the local detox and crisis center. Yes. And that's correct. And yes. so, you, you experienced detoxing there mm-hmm. personally. Yes. And then coming full circle mm-hmm. and working there?
3: I, I told them when I was there. And they looked at me like i was crazy because i i was there and i said this isn't really that bad i said i'm gonna work here and they were like okay you know and i'm i guess people said it a lot you know Mm -hmm. i was like oh i'm gonna do it i'm gonna work here you'll see and then the the therapist there one of the therapists i was doing um i got out of detox and then i went in. And I was doing PSYOP, which is the Substance Abuse mm-hmm. Intensive Outpatient Program. And the therapist that did that was like, I went to pick up a friend of mine after I got out of detox, and they went to detox.
0: So you left detox and picked I, somebody up and brought it, them?
3: Yeah, it was like a, a year assumption. later. Okay. And then I was like, I wonder if he still works here. So I asked for that that particular therapist, and uh, he's like, how's everything going? I said, it's going great. He said, Um, uh, do you still want a job and I was like are you serious or is this a joke you know so um he said yeah I'll I'll, let's go back I'll get you the application and I was like there's no way this is happening you know (laughs) they're 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 joking with me right now but then uh, I turned in the application and uh I was sitting at the house one day and Tabitha Bradford called me and she said I heard you'd be beneficial to our company and I was like there's no way this is really happening like really she said do you want to come in for an interview and I was like yeah sure I went in and I got the job and I was super excited you know
0: she called her own shot man let's wind it back and let's talk a little bit about how you ended up there on -hmm. your initial stay and how you ended up you know. Getting to that point in your life right. where you felt like you needed to come forward and go to a medical detox facility—I
3: had a little bit of a push with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I—I I always talked about, you know, back whenever I was using all the time. I was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna get clean." You know, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. And I kept telling myself, but then the next day would come and. It, when the time finally did come, I uh, I was on probation. I had DSS all over me, you know, and I was like, these people will not get off my back. Why won't they leave me alone? You know, I don't, now I understand, but they, uh, my son actually, he was one at the time, and he tested positive meth so I was like they said you can't be around him, and I was like but he's my son <laughs> you know you can't do that and like, no we can't do that probation they were like he was like oh I'm, I'm gonna lock you up and I was like no you're not you know it just didn't seem real so um, I just kind of I told one of my friends I was like I, I don't know how to do this you know, let's, I guess I'll go to the hospital. So I went to the hospital at the Haywood and I was like, I, I walked in, <laughs> it was kind of, I kind of like to joke about things whenever I feel uncomfortable, you mm-hmm. know? So I walked in the emergency room and the lady was like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm fine. was like, okay, <laughs> well, what can I do for you? I was like, People told me this is where I should come to, to get help, so I'm here. And she's like, well, what do you need help with? I was like, I guess I've been on drugs for a while, and, and I kind of just need to stop. So I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do, you know. And uh, she said, oh, okay. I was like, so if you can just point me into how how to get into rehab, that's where I need to go. She said, okay. So I just kind of hung out at the hospital for about Eight hours and um, the lady came with like mobile crisis and we talked for a while and people at the hospital brought me some food and stuff I was just kind of hanging out but then at like two o'clock in the morning they're like you're not a danger to yourself we're gonna let you go I was like "But do you know what time <laughs> it is <laughs> if you let me go right now I know where I'm gonna go and I know what I'm going to do. So uh, my friend stayed with me the whole time. I went, went home with her. And um, the Balsam Center called me about three days later, I guess, when they got to bed. And um, I signed over kinship papers my for my son. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of stayed in there for about a week and then they asked me if i wanted to go to Adak. I was like, I, "What is that? I don't know, do I? Do I want to? <laughs> Did you go there? They have good food, which they do, by the way. Adak <laughs> has good food. Yes. Best, <laughs> best food ever. <laughs> but um but I left balsam and uh all the staff there were were wonderful. So i kind of I was like, I don't really want to go.
0: That's what i wanted to ask you is that having little uh, li- little, amount of time under your belt, what was it about the, s- the staff? What did you see in the staff that wanted you to tell them, I'm going to get a job here down the road? Like, what was it that they had that oh. you wanted?
3: They were just so supportive of, you know, ev- they get, they gave me all these ideas about, you know, getting clean and everything. And I, like I said, I'd always wanted to get clean, but I'd, I would just say it and never try. You know, I didn't know how to do it, never done it before really. And all the staff were just so so nice and so supportive. And, and I learned a lot about the whole process of addiction and, you know, and then coping skills. I didn't really have, I never knew what that was, so once I learned that, I mean, I just wanted to be able to help someone the way that they helped me, Mm -hmm. so, and then I showed back up, and they had to put up with me the whole time (laughs) I worked there, so, (laughs) 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 but it was, uh, I was sitting there, and I said, I don't know why people think this is so bad, I'm having a great time but I would just follow the staff around and talk (laughs) to them. They were like, they were probably thinking, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Go to your room. You know, but it was, I just, kind of like what Caleb was saying earlier, you just get inspired by something, and it just kind of drives you towards wanting to just share it with everybody.
0: A thirst for something different. Mm -hmm. Something that they had.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it was a,
0: Leaving that detox, going to ADAC, what was, like, what was the initial recovery process like? Like, did you, how did you, like, mentally accept these changes that were happening? And Like, what did that, really, what did that experience, like, genuinely feel like, you know?
3: I was... I was kind of scared. I mean, you know, I'd been in there for a week or so, you know, and then going to this other place that I was going to be there for two weeks at least, and all I could think about, you know, you've got, I had probation, I had DSS and all of them to worry about, had my son, and then all my family and everything, and it was pretty scary, but yeah. the my main focus was I have to fix it.
0: Yeah, and, and but, like, I think what you just kind of, like, hit on it mm-hmm. is that so many people that are going through that, experiencing that level of, like, consequences mm-hmm. where, like, you know, DSS, probation, potentially, like, violating, going to jail, mm-hmm. your family breathing on you is, like, how do you put that to the side and understand that the best way to resolve all of this is by taking care of myself, right? And going down this road to recovery. Most people would focus on the DSS case or focus on the probation or court case. Like there's just so much going on. So much confusion, mm-hmm. so much, mon- so many distractions, and to be able to put that stuff to the side, right, and say, I have to take care of myself right now in order to right, take care of these things.
3: Well, I think the main thing, I, I just have to say, there was a lot of prayers going up. And, um, mm.
0: and yes, ma'am. And that was,
3: I couldn't have done it if it wasn't for that, you know. I mean, thank the Lord, he gave me the strength to make it through it and everything it was but it I just knew that if I didn't take care of me that I wouldn't be able to take care of my son mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to you know if you do I felt like if I did if I did the thing that I needed to do first everything else would fall into place
5: I have a question for you because I we were I feel like we're getting this a lot here for some reason but just you said you had to sign your son like kinship papers Mm -hmm. right yeah and then you went that's whenever you went to ADAC I went I I signed over
3: kinship whenever I went to the hospital before I went to the
5: hospital right so what what would what words of encouragement or what would you say to anybody that might be watching? Because I've I've been hearing that a lot. Is p- that's a reservation that's people place on mothers place on themselves as you know they don't want to follow through with recovery or treatment or whatever because of their child. I mean they want to right. because of their child, but then right. they don't want to because of their child. Do you right. know what I'm saying? Like
3: it's hard to make that. Or to take that step, to to get your foot in the door, leap of faith. Yes. Um, See the. It's it was hard. It was really hard. But I think that that if you just once you take the first step, you know, and once you you do what you do to take care of yourself and everything, then. The relationship you know between me and my son now is it I just felt like a a brand new person you know and it's totally worth it but it was really really hard probably that was probably the hardest thing I've ever done but it was amazing because that first little hug you get it was great worth all that was. yes
5: right and that's you know that's what I want people to hear Mm -hmm. you know because it I mean whether it's there's so m- many different things that hold us back from taking that leap of faith mm-hmm. but then you know just knowing that the payoff it's so much greater you yes know? and just to know that you know i guess for that sh- that short amount of time that you needed to take for yourself mm-hmm. to get yourself to the place where you're at now right you know it's part of God's plan
3: yes Yes, I firmly, strongly believe that.
4: There's, a, there's a lot of moms out there right now, especially you know in our community. I think there's what 80 or something that's either in kinship placement or foster care. Yeah, 80. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, you know, not when when I hear moms tell me that, like, well, I don't want to leave my son. And most times, you know, they're they're babies. Mm-hmm. Like, take care of mm-hmm. it now. And right. I mean, you your you're, you're, you're Not even going to remember it if you want. I mean, of course, you don't tell them about that. You know, Mm -hmm. when they get a little older, but uh, take care of it now. That way it's not going to affect them as much, you know, and throw their whole world and a tailspin by mom having to, you know, be taken away from mom or dad or whatever. So do what you got to do today. Don't wait till tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's Uh definitely
0: my biggest takeaway is I like
4: taking care of yourself
0: Mm -hmm. in order to – take care of them mm-hmm. in order to take care of your family in order to take care of that legal battle with your probation officer you gotta be in a good place mm-hmm. yes. you know you have to be putting your s- your overall health and well-being at the top of your priorities mm-hmm.
3: self-care is self-care yeah. care, number baby number that's right, right. <laughs> self-care self-care is
0: important see that yeah I see that <laughs> <laughs> you see it uh, I
3: Fox? do you see that with the flower that's yeah. blossomed yeah. open uh-huh
1: <laughs> that's you. That's that's all <laughs> of us in girl.
3: recovery. Yeah it hey. is.
0: What was life like in early recovery? Like what specific action or skills you mentioned like coping skills, but like what specific um things did you do to like stay busy, to develop those coping skills? Like how what did your recovery look like at that time in that or those early days, like when mm. you were figuring things out? That how did you figure things out?
3: I had a I had a lot of support, mm-hmm. um, you know, I went to a lot of meetings and, and stuff like that. I, d- I did a lot of, a lot of journaling and uh, hmm. just I like to uh, write a letter. I used to write a letter every day to my son and tell him about it, and I've still got him so that, you know, when he gets old enough, I can tell him about recovery and and tell him what I went through. You that's know. cool.
4: Like Who
0: taught that. you that? That's something you just came up with.
3: One of the Balsam Center staff. Dude, that's what's up yep. mm-hmm. right there, man. Yeah, yeah it I was that a lot. Yeah, I started doing that actually when I was still in the Balsam Center. I'd write a letter every day and tell them where I was and why I wasn't there. But that there was a lot of uh, a lot of emotions that went into that paper. So
0: how many letters you got saved up?
3: Oh gosh, I've probably got. Hundreds of letters.
0: Really, yeah. you put that thing mm. into a book, man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Make a write a book.
3: It'd be some book.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Talk about changing people's lives, helping people. How long into this process of change? At what point did you like, kind of, take the appropriate steps or action to get your son back? reintroduce yourself into his life like what was that like mm. for both you and him and probably your family too
3: right well uh, i couldn't i couldn't go around him until of course if, until dss told me to mm-hmm. or told me that i could you know and it was very um i was staying with my grandmother i told her i said mama i'm going to stay with you don't let me go anywhere you know she had help with that from probation. They didn't let me go anywhere either. Nice, but <laughs> safe,
0: structured environment <laughs> yes, for you.
3: Very, very safe. You know, and um, you know, I, I was very open with her about my recovery. And then, just a little bit at a time, they were DSS was like, "You can, you get an hour supervised once a week." And I, at first, I got really mad. I was like, "An hour? That's, that's not." That's not fair. That's not right. I'm I trying. I worked this hard, and all like, I it's an hour. You, you got to be <laughs> kidding me! <laughs> but it was it was a great hour.
0: I want to know at that first moment, that first hug you got from him, the first time you got to hold him. What did it feel like?
3: It was the best best hug that I've, I've ever had. It was amazing, and. They actually, I actually talked to the therapist when I was still at ADAC, and I was like, you know, well, I I actually talked to the therapist at Balsam, and I said, look, if I'm gonna go to ADAC, I gotta see my son, and they were like, we don't do that. And I was like, I need to do that. I'm telling you what I need to do this. So they set up, they talked with, you know, DSS and all that and they got to uh the lady that helped my mom I signed over like dual kinship because my mom had to work she couldn't just you know so it was her and her friend and my mom got to bring my son to ADAC and it had to be supervised by the therapist and it was great
0: see that's compassionate care you know like we talk about meeting people where they're at right Mm -hmm. and providing the level of care that that individual needs and though it wasn't like a typical thing that gets done there's probably like against policy or whatever you would say they knew that that what you needed at that time in your life to move forward in your recovery, mm-hmm. right, and to take the the right steps and to take that action, right? But Absolutely. they're not they're not doing that
4: for everybody, like the judicial system. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but that is what you know. that That is what we learn, especially as peer support specialists. We can't force people into a plan, but you know, you can. we can listen to what they need, compromise, you know, and let them form their own plan but work together, you know, because not everybody's recovery looks the same, but so that's awesome. I'm really glad to hear that, you know, that they worked like that.
0: For sure. Compromise, man, like I was telling, I think this one over here, Miss Courtney, the other day, is like compromise is like the key (laughs) to like literally any healthy relationship, not specifically Mm -hmm. like romantic, but just any healthy relationship, right? Like if me and you are working together on this project, Raw, like, we're gonna talk about things and we're gonna meet in the middle, like a, you know, like I was talking about the beginning of the show when it comes to like communication. But mm-hmm. like, if one person's pulling too hard on that string and I'm just letting go of that string, <laughs> it ain't gonna work long term, you know? Right. And that's the same thing with care. Like, it's the same thing with, um, you know, providing the resources and providing mm-hmm. that care. It's just, it doesn't happen regularly you know, and it needs to happen more often. Yes. If we wanna make a big impact in our community, we wanna, we wanna see long-term success and that rapid um, change that I talked about at the beginning of the show, right? Like we're trying to, to change and influence something that's pretty, pretty big right now, you know? What, um, what did, you talked about like meeting up with, getting to see your son and meet your mm-hmm. son. What did um what was it like to transition back into that job? Get into the Balsam Center and actually like work with the individuals with whom you once were.
4: How, how long did it take you to get there?
3: Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, what I wanted. I had to be clean for a year. Okay. Before I could work there. Okay. So, you know, they they asked me, Tabitha, and, and the therapist that I spoke with asked me, you know, how long you been clean? I said, it's been, at that time, it had been about a year and a half, you know, and uh, close to two years. And I was like, look, I just, I just want to help people. I just want to be able to, to help someone like y'all help me. And, but once I, once I got into it, I started seeing people, I started seeing a lot of young women with the same story. And it it was kind of hard sometimes you know I was like wow, you know and you can't you can't incorporate your feelings into what they're telling you you know you've got to maintain a certain level of professionalism I guess you'd say mm-hmm. and I was like look I am I asked my, my boss I was like is it okay for me to tell him my story or you know I don't I don't know so every once in a while I just sit down and do a like a group you know with with everybody there and just kind of let it all out, tell them everything. And they were just like.
4: It's powerful, man. Wow. Do you have any, like, direct stories that you can share of somebody coming up later on that left Boston that you might have seen and they said, because you shared your story or because of what you told me, I've been successful and getting my kid back or in recovery. And
3: I've I've had a couple of people. You know, there has been a couple people that have they've reached out to me and they've been like, look, that I didn't think that there was, some, you know, you're you're kind of a role model.
4: And mm-hmm. I was like, <laughs> I know. right? What? <laughs> <laughs> <he's mine>. yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Who are you talking to? You know, I, I was looking around me and trying to figure it out. But, you know, it, it made me feel it made everything completely worth it, you know, just to know that that it helped at least one person, you know. And then and then if you hear it twice, it's like, I really don't know if they're talking about me or well, – They're talking about <laughs> but you. But it was – it's it's always amazing to hear success stories. Mm-hmm. It's the best
5: feeling in the world. It is. And it's it's what, exactly what keeps you going, mm-hmm. doing the things that you're doing. It's awesome.
4: Well, it helps for sure. Continue, Sorry. Why continue. I that, continue no. that drive, <laughs> baby. Continue <laughs> that drive.
0: Um, what how did you like how did you balance being s- you know in recovery for a little bit over a year ish? How did you balance like learning these professional skills and still maintaining your personal recovery and attending meetings on a personal level and that that fuels your recovery. What was that like balance like at those days? How did you mm. figure that out?
3: That balance That's hard, man. That balance I was going to say that balance was hard yeah. <laughs> at, at times, you know. Uh-huh. Um and and that was something that I kind of ran into at the beginning, you know. At first, I was like gung ho. I was like this is going to be going to change those the world. That I got this that, that that I don't I don't say that anymore like, you mm-hmm. know, I'm I got this today. I got this right now. And those are, I feel like those words that are a, kind of a jinx for myself. I don't say those anymore, but. <laughs> I,
4: got it. I, I don't like saying I got this either, <laughs> I don't say th- I, try not to, I, I try not to do the whole one day at a time thing. I think yeah. it's just like, why oh, not? I got to get through one day. I don't, I don't. I can get through this
0: moment right now, like she said. Mm-hmm.
3: Five minutes at a time, two minutes at a time.
0: Yeah. Just live for a Like you said, it's kind of like, or at the beginning, I think it just kind of, if you have, if you have the right intention and you take the appropriate action, you will get the right outcome. You'll get the outcome Mm -hmm. you're looking for, right? You get complacent, you get lazy, you um, are more vulnerable to fall back into those types of Mm -hmm. behaviors that will lead to where we all came from, you know? But when I'm continuing to challenge myself, like you talk and talk and talk about, when I continue to really like assess myself, where I'm at, and allow myself to evolve into the person that I'm becoming, right? Mm-hmm. I, think I, I talk, always talk about it, but like how I was like just so close-minded, held these fixed views on my recovery. And it got it got easy, but I wasn't growing. I stopped growing. I hit a point where I used up all of whatever my mojo that was going on at that time. You know, like that. I hit a point where like I needed more, right? More than this classroom could offer me. More than refuge recovery could offer me. And uh, it took, like, some serious reflection to identify what it was that I could do. And, you know, it ended up being this, the show. Mm-hmm. But, like, constantly assessing that. Like, what's next? So I ask people all the time when they sit down on this table, is what's next on, on your list of things to do, right? Seven continents, seven seven days marathons in seven seven days days, right like what's next right what is next um my you know not rubbing the genie in the bottle but really like looking and having these these goals both long term and short term um to to continue to challenge yourself on a regular basis it's huge man huge right What's next for you, Caleb Man, McCoy? I'm getting
4: pumped up because I'm just thinking about, like, all the stuff that I don't want to be ordinary. I don't want to be mediocre. Well, you're, not you you're not
0: ordinary. You know what I
4: mean? I, 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 I still <laughs> feel like I like, – Oh, yeah. And that's good. That's good that I, I feel like that because I was just telling the guys that we well, was playing this fifth quarter event down at, in, in Swain at my old high school and everything. And I was talking about – he's like, what have you been doing today? And I said, well, I biked down here this morning. And I got up, you know, biked down to court, showed up at court an hour early. Ran four miles before court. Done a bunch of burpees out in the court, court parking lot, doing pumping out burpees and ups And I was like, <laughs> waiting you know, was on court. Waiting on I'll court. Do a push-up. So I'm, I mean, for real, man. I'm just like, <laughs> I gotta go hard. You know what I mean? Because I know how much it took me. Like, like we can't talk about. You know, it takes a whole lot of Jesus. Back in the day, it took a whole lot of drugs. You know what I mean? A whole lot of sex. A whole lot of just bad behaviors. And now, so it takes a whole lot of Jesus. A whole lot of exercise. And a whole lot of these these huge these huge goals, man, always pushing myself, like. And by doing that,
0: you will, you will never, you will continue to challenge yourself, and you won't hit that point of complacency, where it's like, it should never feel easy. Right. Right? It should, you should never be on cruise control. Right? Yeah. You might as well take that, rip that cruise
4: control out of the truck. Yeah, you don't need you It you drives me crazy. Easy, bro. <laughs> it drives You can ask Caitlin when we're riding a bike, you know, and I'm like, I'm looking at the, you know, the. I'm like, man, we're just running. We're just <laughs> riding 12 miles an hour. I was like, we need to, we need to be picking it up a little bit, <laughs> you know, like hit these hills, sprint these hills, and it's not just, it's not just about me though. It's about my my family. It's about the mm-hmm. people in my community. I, I want I want them to push themselves. I want to yeah. inspire them to do something to change the world, you know, and that's why I go hard, man, and, and the things that I do. Casey Fox, what
0: what was that transition point back into like? know we talked about like first seeing your son and getting those visits but talk about the transition p- transition to being truly being a mother because that's obviously first child right
3: first and last that's child, yes. first and last <laughs> she straight up drew a line <laughs> in the
0: sand um so like you know it's new territory right Recovery's yes. new like you didn't really have that like experience like what how how did you learn what it took, and like, what did it what did it do to like your your emotional? What role did it play in your recovery?
3: It really being a mother. Yeah. Oh, it it really just made it. I don't want to say it made it easy, but it made it easy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I feel like it my son gives me a a reason to to want to just continue my recovery out through the rest of my life, you know, and I want to sober mommies I feel I feel real, you know. Yeah. And and seeing I didn't like being foggy per se, you know, because it's just like the baby cries, you get up, you know, you you're tired, you know, but whenever you wake up, you know, you hear a kid crying. go in there, you pick him up, and then you, you just sit in a rocking chair with him and, and, and read a story to him or something, you know, and there's it was just amazing because it just warms up your heart, you know. Yeah. But the, the transition.
0: What was the process like, like to get him back? for those like Caitlin was asking like what did you experience and like what steps did you have to take mm. to I I, had.
4: I got a question for you yeah. it's it's tough too Man, <laughs> it's just gonna be tough and you can tell me um, you know no I'm not answering that or whatever but relationships like the, the your son's dad I don't hear you talk about like. I mean, is, is there any kind of contact? Any kind of.
3: Yeah, yeah. He, we're, you know, we're in contact. He, he keeps them. I keep them. He keeps them. I keep them. Okay. Him. But, okay. You know. Um, is
4: that something that you plan on talking to your son about? Like, and, and I, the reason I ask is because I was going to talk about a, a, an article I read one time about this mom who takes her her her, do- her son out on dates, mm-hmm. and teaches her son how to respect a woman. And I could just while, while I hear you talking about your son, I could see you doing something like oh, that. I, I would <laughs> like totally picking do that. up the check, <laughs> like pulling out your chair for you. Right. Like Yeah, yeah. It yeah, was that, it was a pretty cool article. That so.
3: that sounds like a great I'll article. I'll have to send that to you. Yeah, that'd be okay. wonderful. All right. Um, I'm definitely all about it, and, and I, I hate to keep going back, but whenever I found out that I was having a boy, you know, I was like this is going to be awesome because <laughs> I'm going to teach him. He's going to be like the best little gentleman in, in the world. And he opens, if he can get the door open, he totally opens the door. But sometimes I'll, I'll open the door because he just can't get it. You right. know, he's pulling earlier. He's just like pulling and pulling. I was like, after you, he said, oh, no, mommy, after you. Right. like <laughs> first and, I, and then my heart just melted it. it he has that effect. But, um, but yeah, that. That's uh, going back to to what you mm-hmm. said about, you know, the transition and the steps I had to take. It um, I had, you know, I had the supervised visits an hour a week or so, you know, and then I was doing, and then it went to like two hours. And then after about a month and a half or two, it took forever. And I, I just – I was like, is this ever going to – am I ever going to get him back? I'm doing everything you want me to do. And then and then some. I don't understand why it, it just can't be – let's just be done with it, you know. I'll, I'll take a drug test every single day. I don't care, you know. I just want this to be done. It's, It's all good, you know. But the first unsupervised weekend, I got – I was <laughs> – I was doing community service at Goodwill in Canton, and uh, my caseworker called me, and my probation officer, he'd called me earlier that day. So I was like, really? I'm trying to do my community service like y'all want me to, and y'all won't quit calling me. So she's like, what are you doing right now? I was like, I'm doing community service like y'all want me to. (laughs) She said, there's no need in getting an attitude. I was like, I'm sorry, I I don't mean to have an attitude, what can I do for you? You know, just try to wind it back and take a deep breath and be mindful because I don't know what she wants, you know. And she said, uh, well, is there any way that you can leave early? I was like, I mean, I don't know. I told him i would be here till whenever, but I, I don't know why. And she said, I thought you might want to go get your son. And I was like, and I just, I think I just left. I think I just like walked out the door, you know? <laughs> They're probably thinking, where are you going? But I, I was just gone. And uh, I said, so how long do I get them for? She said, you can have an unsupervised weekend. And I was like, I'm sorry for my attitude <laughs> at the oh beginning no, of this oh phone no. call. <laughs> you know, I just <laughs> want to apologize for that. And she said, mm hmm. Yeah, that, if that's good, you <laughs> should. But, um,
0: How'd you guys spend your time that weekend?
3: I took him to the park and uh, we went to the Canton Park and we just kinda hung out, you know. I mean he was still little, Mm -hmm. but we're just sitting there and I'd take him, put him in the little swing and push him and then we go sit in the sand and play with trucks. I took him to McDonalds and got him ice cream and then I took him back to Goodwill to show him off to all of the people and they were (laughs) like You just left This is why I left. Yeah. Isn't he cool though? (laughs) 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 So they're like, okay, all right. But yeah, it was um when I went to court for the like DSS court, I was scared. I was so scared. You know, it was like the final court date, and I was like, because my son's dad and I. We're both going through the recovery thing at the same time. So, you know, he was there. I was there. And then those people from the ju- judicial system, they were there. And, and I was sitting there, and I was like, mm, I don't know about uh, this, you know. Me and neither. I didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> and... um it seemed like the whole introduction thing just took forever. I was like, "Can we just do this? Can you just, I mean, do the whole gavel thing and let just? Tell me, tell I me just yes want to no. know what's <laughs> going to happen because I can't handle this procrastination." And um, the the judge, you know, started talking and everything, and and then there was my caseworker, and then all these other caseworkers. It's like, what are they doing here? They're not, you know, who are these people? Like, <laughs> they bring the whole whole team. building with them or <laughs> <laughs> you know and um it was very surprising they were like uh miss fox and and then my son's dad they said they're both doing really well and uh i, I just want to grant custody primary custody back to me and then secondary to him and and i was like i, I didn't really know what to say you know it's like, are we done? I mean, can you hit the, hit the thing? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. So um,
0: You took them home that night. Mm-hmm. Look at her light yeah. up. You see her light up man. Yeah,
3: it was great. We watched cartoons for, like, hours. Mm. It was just the coolest mm. thing ever. Um, we still watch cartoons for hours.
5: Maybe not that many hours now, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that whole real life thing. and. I know exactly what you mean. Yes. When I started to get to go around my nephew again mm-hmm. for the first time, everybody else would be on the porch and stuff. Mm-hmm. I was sitting out there in the dirt playing with him cuz right. I'd lost a lot of time with him.
3: It gives me cold chills just it's just awesome. thinking about it, you know? Cuz the main thing that that really got to me is in the beginning of all this, whenever I was signing over the kinship papers my son had a messy diaper right I'm like I'm gonna go change them and the caseworker was like what are you doing I was like they poop you clean it up (laughs) that's what I'm doing you know I'm doing what I'm supposed to do and she said you can't do that I was like I can't change my son's diaper and she said not unsupervised no Wow. I was like Couldn't even, you know, I can't even do what I'm supposed to do. But it, to just the little things, you know. And when I got him back, I was like, I can change your diaper, I can do, it. you know, <laughs> we, we can all. go anywhere <laughs> and do anything. And I still got the little little giraffe that we got at Goodwill when I took him back when I bailed out on my community service. <laughs> but it's the little things that you. Uh, you take for granted whenever yeah. you can.
0: You, you fulfilled your obligation with the probation officer, I assume? I did, yes. So what, <laughs> Thank you, <Lord>. what <laughs> was that like, getting uh, your child back, fulfilling your obligations? Like you're free and clear to, probably for the first time in a long time, be yeah, and Casey d- Fox.
3: and to be sober. Yeah. It was, um, I felt like a real human being again. You know, <laughs> no more locked doors. <laughs> no more locked doors. <laughs> I, um, I kind of just had all of these things I wanted to do. Like, you know, I want to automatically, I was like, I want to go get a job. I, I want to just undo everything. and But I also just want to be here with my son, you know, and I I want to be a quote-unquote pillar of the community if I can <laughs> I'm gonna try my, my best to you know but it uh it's a good feeling it was totally worth all all the hard work and and I didn't uh, I didn't know you know I, I felt a couple times throughout the whole process I was like of course, I felt like it wasn't ever going to end, but I don't remember ever thinking that I that I couldn't do it, you know, because I just felt like I had so much support. And mm. that's what
0: I wanted to ask you. You mentioned, like, when you first got out, you moved in with your granny. Mm-hmm. Who else was in your life that supported you throughout this process and kind of played that somewhat accountability role in, in support?
3: Uh, my mom mm-hmm. and um, – I was going to. I went to a bunch of different meetings, of course, but my favorite meeting was at the Silver Door in Asheville, and um, and they were a great support. My church family at Beulah Baptist, they were. We'd be sitting there and you know, be talking about the Lord and the Bible and everything. I was like, "Can I tell y'all something?" And they were like, yeah. I was like I'm ten months clean today. They were like, <laughs> "Yes," you know, and just. I was like, I just wanted to tell you. Let's go back to what we're doing now. <laughs> but <laughs> I was like, and whenever I was going to uh, to do drug tests, I, I was excited,
0: ready to pee. I was like, <laughs> can
3: I go first? They're like you have to pee. I was like, no, but but can I go first? Because I used to be scared to death. I was like, what are you doing with that? Yeah, uh-uh. no. <laughs> but then you know. To not have to bring clean pee with you, <laughs> you know, <like laughs> is a. Uh,
0: to do it under your own power. Is yeah.
3: Just it's great.
0: What does recovery today look like? How has your recovery evolved? How have you evolved since that first early stages of like ADACT and. Mm.
3: I. I just feel like a, I feel like a, a brand new person, you know. I I wake up and well, I, I wake up. I, I don't. It's not that like I've been up all night and everything, you know. I, I wake up and and I eat breakfast now, and and then I'll eat brunch, and then I'll eat lunch, and then I'll <laughs> snack all <laughs> the way, you know. And uh, and recovery to me now is like. I go to like PTA meetings. They have free <laughs> breakfast too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, it's getting to, you know, I've, I've got a, a great boyfriend and, and a great little family thing going on, you know, and it, it's wonderful because I don't, whenever something bad happens, which we all know bad things still happen, and and life doesn't stop. It's not like, you know, you're in recovery and everything's perfect because it's definitely not. But you don't I don't think about oh, I had a bad day, you know. I'm I'm gonna go I don't I wanna go use because I had a bad day because it's that's not the way it is. I'm like, I had a bad day. I wanna sit down and read a book to Brentley or yeah. play trucks in the dirt, <laughs> you know. Or Teach him to shoot his first twenty-two, which was cherishing those moments. Yes, definitely, definitely cherishing the moments and and just not feeling the the desire to to go back to the things that I used to do. I, it almost doesn't feel real. Does all f- that just seems like a like it was a bad dream.
0: Does it feel like th- that's what i was gonna ask you? Does it feel like the same life?
3: No, I feel like I got a brand new life all over again.
0: How about y'all? What? You you feel like the same cat,
5: man? No, I don't. I just, I don't. I was reflecting, talking to somebody that was, uh, called me from jail the other night and just, I was, remember myself saying the same things like, oh, I gotta get off the phone. They're turning the lights out. They're locking us back. I gotta go. And then I was just like, man, just to start thinking of the things that, where I'm at today, like, it, it feels unreal. And, those dreams and those goals they seem, you know as the further downhill you go they just get further and further away and now you're you're doing them you know for that's for me anyways um i don't know i just want to say like i heard you say that you want to be a pillar f- f- for the community i feel like you have that's how me and Caleb first met you you would put on a uh, with richie tannerhill <laughs> put on a recovery language here in the community and that's you know that's what it takes is, you know, taking the things that we've learned and sharing it with the community so we can all get on the same page. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that.
4: Have
3: you, you done anything
5: to Uh
3: I've spoke with Richie a few times and um and then I, I spoke with him about, like I said earlier, doing the recovery rally mm-hmm. where I'm Gonna know that I'm gonna speak this time, and (laughs) and I'm gonna be hopefully just a little bit more prepared, and and just go up there and have the the energy, you know, and just let it flow out to the people that need it, hopefully, and and it
4: be useful. Yeah. Well, we definitely wanna invite you out to anything that you know we're doing with Grace Hope.
3: I appreciate
5: that. That would be wonderful. I'd love to. Yeah. Well. I'm sure we're friends or something already on Facebook, (laughs) but we'll get you connected for sure.
3: Yeah, that would be great.
0: I think we could circle back to the, after kind of like getting into your story Mm -hmm. a little bit and you um, reflecting on your experience, Mm -hmm. let's circle back to the goals, right, that Mm -hmm. we kind of started off this conversation with. Right. Let's talk a little bit about what could potentially be on the horizon for you you shared that you recently enrolled back in school Mm -hmm. but you didn't necessarily pick a major like what's on your radar where do you see this thing going like Mm -hmm. I saw you post some stuff a while back when you were planning on going starting this process and you kind of had some maybe something picked out or an idea
1: yeah
3: I was gonna do nursing Uh uh-huh and I just kind of got to thinking about it, and um, I just don't know if I want to do it. Honestly, I'd like to do something wildlife, like fish and wildlife, something like that, forestry. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think that just finding something that, that I really enjoy, and, and that's being outside and being in the dirt and, you know, going through the woods and stuff. And just putting my heart into it, you know?
0: After overcoming what you've already overcome, what would stop you from doing that?
3: Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Come on.
0: So, are you saying, what are you saying?
3: I, I can do anything.
0: Yeah, so what are you saying?
3: I'm going to do it.
0: Do what?
4: Whatever you put your mind to.
3: Yes. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yes. But, and nursing, I, I, I just, one day I just was talking to my boyfriend about it. I was like, I just don't think I wanna do that. So just gonna go with it.
4: How do you wanna be a pillar in your community? What does that look like?
3: I wanna help people to overcome addiction. I wanna be supportive, you know, of, of anyone that, that needs help and and just find my, my voice in the community and and let everybody hear it.
0: Okay. Casey Fox, I appreciate you sitting down with us. And it's time for me to throw you a curveball. I know. You knew this was coming? Ralph you listened ca- to some podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> listen.
5: You can't, you can't pitch. What are you talking about? Throwing curveballs. <laughs> are you kidding me?
0: I was a, a great, I was like a top notch, highly recruited. 12 year old little league baseball player are you kidding
1: uh, me man? so actually <laughs> since
5: this is coming up since this come up while you're doing you're getting the pictures up we're wanting to do a res hope co-ed softball team and we need to do it before it gets winter so no <laughs> <in>. <laughs> but we're wanting to, and we've actually we're thinking about doing a fundraiser out of it you can definitely get plugged in with us doing that yeah, that'd be great um, we're wanting to challenge uh, who
0: are we challenging
5: <laughs> the police. Uh, oh, those, whoa, people. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No. those people. <laughs> those people. <laughs>
0: Part
1: of the judicial that. system. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but, it, well, you know, it'd be great. Uh, we've already got some people that said, yeah, they, they will get a team together and That's it'll fun. be fun. It sounds c- fun. I'm committing to playing mm-hmm.
0: softball for Res Hope. Are you in?
3: I, I would love to play softball for us, Hope. That would be Never.
0: awesome. You, exp- you say it outdoors, talking yeah. about getting dirty. Have you played
3: softball? Well, well, not yet. <laughs> there you go. Well, <laughs> I don't
0: really
4: play either, so <laughs> we'll, Yeah. All right,
0: actually, before we go to the pictures, I got two questions from our audience members. <laughs> I got two audience questions. Um, Dana Ash. Does anybody know Dana Ash? Yeah. Dana Ash asked – I'll let you answer this one, Caleb. This, this question is for Caleb. Dana Ash asked – so what's this podcast about?
4: Like recovery. I'm so Always. Always. <laughs> uh Danny. Last year when I got out of jail. Mm-hmm. The first thing that I, her her daughter, Danny, passed away. Danny was uh, she lived in Jackson County. Mm-hmm. She went to Boston Center, got out, got some uh what she thought was heroin, it's fentanyl. She overdosed and died. She was 21 years old. And so I'd been out of jail for like maybe a week, I think. And I seen that on Facebook. And so I didn't know anybody over there. And I went to her memorial service over at Lake Junaluska.
0: That was the same day as the recovery rally.
4: Was it really? Yes. Okay.
0: We were. It was literally over by the lake at the yeah. funeral home. And yeah. we were at the pavilion having the recovery rally at the same exact time. Like literally at the exact same time. <laughs> well, that was the
4: first time uh-huh. I ever went to anything like that and got to meet her family and, um, you know, experience finding mm-hmm. my voice, mm-hmm. you know, and making some connections. And so that's who Dana is. Okay. She's an amazing mom.
0: So, this is NC Raw, North Carolina Recovery Always, mm-hmm. where we talk about the various pathways and various approaches to recovery and how uh, how our guests. Ident- what our guests identify as their personal approach to recovery because there's no fixed fixed way to heal, to recover, to get to –
4: And, we, you know, we, we're trying to tweak it a little bit and add more, th- more things mm-hmm. to it instead of just testimonies. Um, yep. We want to keep track of current events, you know, issues in the community, how we can help, solution-minded, I mean, so –
5: it's a way to get connected we're communicating with um, you know just coming up with new ways to be able to um reach everybody and this um make connections link up so there's all kinds of stuff that nc does so uh definitely keeps everybody up to date on events so if you want to come out you're more than you're invited
0: all uh, right this question is for caitlin Ludford. Oh. Samantha Bradley would like to ask, who was that talking in the background?
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Samantha, no, no, no longer no, 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 in the no. background. No. earlier. No. <laughs> earlier. Oh. <laughs> because I'm, I'm, <laughs> usually, know, I'm usually yeah. the one in the background. So so She'll be like, who is that? Bill that Rhodes.
3: Bill. <laughs> yeah,
4: Bill Rhodes. Bill's uh, hilarious. He's, he's an uh, awesome he's dude. His he's life, man.
0: Yeah. It's,
3: he's a funny guy. Yeah.
0: You want to talk? Okay, I'll, I'm going to tell you guys who Bill Rhodes is. He, um, he's the husband of Sherry Barker, who was a guest early on. I don't even know what number, but early on in the podcast, the first my first day, running. first day gone. Fourteenth. Caitlin sat in with us, and um, my just an awesome, you know, conversation. Got to know those folks, and while Bill was there, he took some pictures. He, I didn't know this at the time. But he's a photographer, and so uh, part of our Kickstarter campaign, we, um we offered some prizes to people who donated to allow us to purchase this nice, beautiful equipment here. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so allow us to pursue our dreams and chase our goals. We had uh, a ton of support. And so one of the things that we offered was to send our, our backers a uh, poster and a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. So Bill volunteered to come and take some pictures of us tonight to create our poster and send out to all of our backers. Now, funny story. Um, you guys called me a little bit ago. You had never met Bill before, Casey. I hadn't.
1: No,
3: right. I was. How did
0: you? How did your initial meeting with Bill go?
3: <laughs> well, I was. Um, I, w- I had just parked in the parking lot over there, uh-huh. and uh, and I noticed him. I was on the phone, and I noticed him getting, like, cameras and stuff out, and I was like, I bet he's the the guy that's going to be, you know, taking the pictures and stuff. And and I I got out of the car, and he was like, I was about to get on the phone, and he said, are you here for the podcast? And I was like, (laughs) I am. He said, I am too. I said, okay. He said, do you know where we're going? I said, I have no idea. (laughs) 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 So we just uh, started walking through the building up there, and, you know, he's just, you know, we're just cracking jokes the whole time. Like, I don't know. Look for the blue dot. Look for the red <laughs> dot. I was like, okay, I'm, well, I made it to the blue dot.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: He said, yeah, we made it to the blue dot. we got to find the red dot now. So then we're going through. We're <laughs> just, like, asking people.
0: I, I sent him a, picture, <laughs> <laughs> a <laughs> screenshot oh. of, from Google Earth thing. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. It's like this big. And I didn't even see the dot until I was like, okay. All right, yeah, I got that picture that he sent me. So I'm just going to look, you know. Oh, big blue dot. That's where I need to go, and um, and then that's whenever we called you. But we walked through the building. Which building? Um, the
0: the wrong building. The, yeah, the <laughs> yeah, the wrong <laughs> build. not not the not building, were,
3: not this <laughs> building. But yeah, so. And uh, we walked through it for like ten minutes. I was like, on the way to the the red dot, I'm gonna try to find <laughs> <a> restroom, <laughs> and then and then you know, we I came out of the restroom and he's like, I said, did you find it? And he's like, no. <laughs> I didn't find it. So <laughs> so we called you and like, oh so no, not not that building, the other building.
0: So just <laughs> an awesome dude and like it just shows like the the those little moments, right, that mm-hmm. like we wouldn't have even recognized when we were rolling hard. Right. Right. Ended up being like a fun little exchange where like, okay, we don't know where we're at. So let's just go and find it and right. figure it out. <laughs> right
3: yeah it's like a scavenger hunt
0: thank you Bill Rhodes I (laughs) love you bro we appreciate your help and assistance with that being said Casey Fox I have right here on my telephone Mm -hmm. a couple pictures Mm -hmm. and what I would like for you to do you look nervous
3: no I'm not nervous Uh, this is my favorite I was just kidding she listened to the (laughs)
0: podcast I can't I didn't tell her that I was going to do this and she listened to some So what I want you to do is I want you to describe to the audience who is audibly tuning in what is taking place on the picture, and then tell us the story behind the picture, what inspired you to, number one, take the picture, and number two, post it on your social media for all of the entire world to witness and see. Okay, you ready?
3: I'm I'm as ready as I'm going to be, yeah. All right, let's do this. (laughs)
0: What's happening right here? Who <laughs>
3: <is> <laughs> okay, so in the picture, um, my son and I are at the beach, and he had been talking all day about, I want pizza, I want pizza, I want pizza, so we waited forever for the pizza guy, and then the he said, I want to go to the beach. I said, I thought you want a pizza. We can't have the pizza guy come to the beach. So we finally got the pizza, and in the picture, my son is got his little... Little aviator-looking sunglasses on, and uh, he has pizza all over his entire <laughs> face. And it looks like it's, it's still on his – it looks like it's on his glasses a yeah little bit, like too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure when he got that pizza, he just kind of shoved it onto his face. Maybe a little bit got in his mouth, but it was – he's got pizza sauce all – and he looks super handsome. Super um, happy, I tell super you Super happy. Dude. And the biggest smile on his face. He
0: gets that from his mother. Um. All right. Number picture number two. That was so. That picture I just shared was your most recent Instagram photo. Yes. This one went back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Let's see what's going on right here. Uh, that picture.
3: What that picture is? My brother and I at my dad's house, and I I didn't I, I don't get to see my brother much. So mm-hmm. in that picture, he had come into town, and we're like, hey, let's let's meet up at dad's. So. I told my brother we were getting ready to leave, and I said, you got to take a picture with me because my dad and I were always all about pictures. And he, my my brother, you know, kind of scooted in, and I put it on selfie mode like we do nowadays. (laughs) (laughs) And I went to take the picture, and my dad totally photo-bombed us in the background. (laughs) And um, that, that was a good day. Oh, yeah. I think I lost the third one.
0: Totally dead, y'all.
3: Which, going, I'm, I'm glad that you pulled that picture up because mm-hmm. that plays a very important stage in my recovery, okay. actually. Um, that specific picture was the last picture that I got with my brother and my dad before my dad passed. How so long ago was that? How long ago was it that my dad uh, passed? Yeah. Um, last August the fifth. So that was.
4: St- what well, happened
3: to um, Cirrhosis of the liver. Mm. Yeah, they. The doctor told him. Whenever about two weeks before I found out I was pregnant, um, that if he didn't quit drinking, that it was gonna kill him. Mm-hmm. So he, just quit drinking, just like stopped. So, I also got to go through recovery with my dad. He quit drinking and and I quit everything that I quit, you know, so we could talk about it, but he didn't really quit in time, but yeah. I was, I got to be clean whenever he You got did. to
0: experience those moments with him. Yes, you know, we you know would share work. our
3: days, yeah. like, hey dad, I got 30 days, You're like, that's great, you know, I got this many days, I was like, all right, and, and it was uh, it was really cool, so, so I'm glad that you pulled that picture out, that's, that's <laughs> awesome.
0: Thank you for sharing.
4: The reason I asked is September. September is a really tough month for me. Um, The whole month is really tough. And just the fact that that picture came up just really hit home because the 19th is when my dad passed away and he didn't Mm -hmm. get to see me in recovery. So it's always very emotional. September 19th, 2014, he passed away.
3: That's a. I'm sure that he would be very proud of you. Thank I you, I, I appreciate that. My dad was super proud of me. And, and as far as you've came, you know, as far as we come through recovery, it's, I know he'd be proud of you.
4: Thank you.
0: Last photo. You ready? Last
3: photo. You
0: ready?
1: <laughs>
0: Nervous. Let's it in
3: right here. Okay, so in, the <laughs> in this picture, Brentley, my son, uh-huh. was begging me to crack the egg. For Wait.
0: what? What egg? What,
3: what were we what making? What were
0: y'all doing? Looks like you're baking a cake or, uh, we or something.
3: W- we were making cupcakes. Cupcakes. We were making cupcakes. And because uh, I told him that day, I said, if you're good, we're gonna m- we'll make cupcakes, cherry chip cupcakes with cherry icing. Oh, man. He begged me for them. <laughs> okay, okay. I like cupcakes. And he, uh, in the picture, he's holding the egg. And he was getting ready to crack it. And I said, no, not yet. And he just looked at me like, what? And I said, okay, go, go back. To it. I gotta get a picture. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like my thing. Like, hold on, don't do it yet. Uh. I know you want to do it, but not yet. Just two more seconds. So.
0: How'd that cake come out? Um, cupcakes.
3: There was a lot of shells. <laughs> <laughs> but don't you know crunchy. It's okay, because I ate two of them, oh. shells and all. <laughs> Hell yeah,
0: I would too. I totally yeah. would too.
3: They w- were delicious.
0: <laughs> Casey, th- thank you for sitting down with us and being open to sharing your experience with our audience. And I look forward to having you back on at some point down the road and working yes. with. NC Raw Res Hope doing some things mm-hmm. expanding and growing and challenging each other to continue to grow as well. So, y'all yes. got any other closing words, man, before we wrap this baby up?
5: I just want to say thank you. You're amazing, and I know there's some. If they didn't get to tune in tonight, there's a few people will be sending this one. Yeah,
1: for <laughs> sure.
5: <laughs> I'm saying, mm-hmm. But you, you did. You brought a strong message. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you guys for listening to NC Raw, North Carolina recovery always. The NC Raw crew would like to thank today's musical contributor, Rival, whose work can be found on Facebook, SoundCloud, and YouTube by searching Rival727, as well as my dog, my man coming up, bro, Logan Bruce. His music is on Facebook by searching Logan Bruce Music, as well as SoundCloud. He's getting ready to drop his uh, his first single, in the works of really like like legit like you know record and an album coming out. So go on there and give him some love. It's really been like amazing to watch him grow, kind of like. As we have together as NC Raw, he kind of like really started doing this music thing on Facebook. Like around the same time we had, now he's playing like live gigs all over like his hometown, and it's just really, really awesome to watch him. I got tons of love for him. Um, He's gonna be he's gonna be sending us that single as soon as it's done, so y'all get ready for that. Um, All of our NC Raw content is available by visiting our website at www.ncraw.life. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to receive our exclusive content offers. Just plug your email address into the little subscription box. And we will. every time we release a new show or exclusive content, it will be emailed directly to you. And give us some love on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are a little more active these days on all social media. Twitter. <laughs> Give us a follow <laughs> at WNCRaw. Thank you guys for listening. We're going to close it out with a track from Logan Bruce called Fake Smile.
2: Thank you. Three verses, one confession I smile cause it's expected Let no one see this depression Did I once learn my lesson, no exceptions And that's a fact, eyes straight down Better watch my back, feel this heartbeat Cardiac, let the devil creeps And he might attack, man fuck that Been through hell, stood at the gate and I Rang that bell, all y'all laughed every time I fell, but I kept this smile cause I knew Too well, that one day I'd make It home, answer the call like I found my Phone, spill my heart to the mic is blown on top of the world like I'm on my thrown, and I'm in the zone, 3-0 pitch, I'm on point like a new syringe, fading out with the moon eclipse, with this fake smile across my lips, every night I wish, if awake, pray the Lord my soul will break, maybe one day I'll be great, and smile on my face might not be fake, when the world falls apart, like they don't know any better, watch them burn to the ground, yeah, we'll never say never, and we'll In our eyes As we watch all these Feathers as they All fall down Off of my dream Catcher that these Nightmares won't Ever go To sleep And this fake Smile wears me Down, down To my knees All those days I was down and out Obsessed with the man that won't amount Been too scared to make a sound What do they say when I'm not around Cause I let them down, but it don't make sense Back and forth up on this fence I could run the game, I got next But I'm on the stage and it gets too tense Embrace suspense, but to what extent Facebook views won't pay my rent Ignore my songs and I'll take offense Now this fake grin's my one defense But I can't convince, These in no voices pen to the pen, and I destroy it Run from life, stay away Avoiding popping bottles Disappointment I don't enjoy But it's what I do Sitting alone in a crowded room Hoodie up, while the headphones boom Like good and evil Win or lose, what can I prove? Will I be the king while I wear this crown? Cause the way I sing When no one's around Can they hear me scream? Or is my fake smile all I'll be? When the world falls apart Like they don't know any better Watch them burn to the ground yeah, we'll never say never and we'll know in our hearts As we watch all these feathers as they are followed down Off of my dream catcher that these nightmares won't ever go to sleep And this fake smile wears me down, down to my knees. One more verse, let it off my chest Judging me for what I ingest One year clean, made it out that mess But R.I.P. in peace they rest Lost my friends, cried those tears Try to take back all those lost years This fake smile can't be sincere When the devil's close and the devil's near If he appears, reminisce Way back when I was just that kid With the world on my fingertips Shoot for the stars, goddamn I missed But now I swish, wanna take my shots I'm so sick of these hugs and props They worship all the ground that I walk like my feet drop or the heartbeat stop better watch the clock t- I'm will tell who was by my side every time I fell lock inside on my cries for help well will I hide when I lose myself so I don't want no part of this game this damn mask don't kill my pain it is concealed so they know my name and I feel the fame running through my veins staying in my lane I'm done with this shit you can have it all white flag forfeit it's too tight not a shoe don't fit no more fake smiles that's it I quit